Welcome back, Roasties, to episode six of Big Boy Radio on the Roasted Podcast. This is the best part of my week where I get to spend about 20 minutes with my best virtual friend, uh, the lovable Elliot Lovejoy. How are you? I appreciate that introduction. Uh, all is good on my end. I know it's the, the last one before Chrissy, so uh, no, it's it's been a pleasure, mate. It's nice to switch off from the real world and, and chat some shite for a little bit. We're, uh, we're going out with a bang. Now... I have to uh, I have to apologise to you. Um, I, I said I was a bit busy this morning. We had to push this podcast back just a yeah. tad. The reason being, I'm trying to buy some basketball cards. Um, You're a big shit. Yeah, you, you are know. a big shit. I thought so, you had a business meeting or... You it, is, it's a, it's a, it is a very important business meeting. These are Steph Curry uh, signed cards. So... Uh, and now the, the actual site's crashed. So what I'm doing right now, this will be a live thing that will continue throughout this podcast, me trying to get onto this site to buy these cards. So you're going to be distracted, so I'm going to get about 50% of you. Correct. Well, uh, how much did I get of you last week? I about can't remember doing 30, it. So, I re- yeah, 37%, I reckon. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you an example. So I'll show these um, to the people that are watching. You can see these. Patty. This is a Patty Mills card. It's a bronze foil card. Yeah. Um, he, he bought the, the guy that designs them is a, a guy yeah. called Tyson Beck. Um, yeah. and he's absolutely phenomenal, uh, graphic design artist. And he brings out these cards. These, the ones I just showed you are, um, one of, uh, 99 cards in the world. So how much, how much, how much for a card? These ones, I think were only about $79. Um, but I'm guessing these ones that are coming out, the Steph Curry signed ones too, yeah. because he's about to break the three point record. Uh, of Ray Allen, yeah. the most three-pointers in the NBA. Um, and I, I'm thinking these signed ones will go for about three or $400. Jesus. I know. He's, but he's in our MVP conversation again, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, what, he won it back-to-back, didn't he? Yeah. Or, or is it unanimous one, one year and then he won it again? I don't know if it was back-to-back, but yeah, he's uh, definitely in the conversation again. Just ball, balling out. Um, Man, unbelievable. I, I remember when he started with Monte Ellis. This is like Warriors circa 2010, 11, 12. Uh, um, long, long before a lot of the Warriors fans that are on today were even fans, correct? But it was fun to watch them because he, he, there was no polish to his game, but but him and Monte Ellis were a fun partnership and the Warriors were not relevant. And that, and that's, I think, it's fun to, to think of like nobody gave a shit about Golden State until probably five or six years ago. Yeah, and... It, he was just I remember him like coming in the the bald head, the this young kid and, yeah. and I'm pretty sure like no one gave him a shot, no one gave him a chance. Yeah. And they, they even went back and said about Ray Allen's record, they're like, There's no way this will never be broken, no one's yeah. in the conversation. Um but yeah, it's uh, absolutely Freak. unbelievable. So Freak. but um how's your uh, so that's what I'm doing anyway. Um for the next twenty minutes I'm refreshing the screen, constantly trying to get into this site. Yeah. I'm a nerd, yeah, true. Uh, but how was your weekend, mate? What'd you get up to? Uh, I did my back, which was good. Um, so I had my missus help me out of the bath on Sunday night, which is where we're at. I'm 108 kilos. She's about 50 and about five foot one. So that was interesting. She had to actually, I was sat up in the bath and I had one of those bath caddies across me that holds your iPad and your wine and whatever. So she had to take that off first. And then she stood on either side of the bath, trying not to fall in. I got the candles, the whole shebang happening. And she's trying to lift me up. And, and she's obviously got this horrible lang- uh, uh, angle of my gut into <laughs> package, into just like, I don't, I don't think she's ever going to sleep with me again. 
I was uh, going to say the opposite. If she's not turned on by that, then really, there's horrible visual. I, I'm just pasty and chunky, and there's nothing. I don't know what she does. I must be a really good person um, because there's nothing physically appealing. Um, so yeah. And there you were floating in dirty bath water, just. And it, and it was too. I think my feet were dirty, like it was brown water. She's like, "Did you shit?" And I said, "No, I think it's just my body." So that's where we're at. <laughs> nice. There's nothing more, um, uh, you know worse than like you know having a bad back and then not being able to do things humbling. that you just normally do it is so very humbling. humbling yeah you don't you don't appreciate when you're 17 and and your body is a temple and and just you can do whatever you want you can do somersaults like the idea of standing on one leg to me is just amazing i, I um mine's obviously not as bad but uh, you know even just trying it's down my right side trying to put my um right sock and shoe on of a morning yep. sometimes just absolutely horrible and even this now, with old, my... old man radio now, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're definitely changing the name. Oh man, I literally I walked the dog yesterday with a walking stick, and I had people walking past me like, "Oh, is that is that oh the poor disabled guy?" Which you know, um, Quick, give him a dollar. Like, give him yeah, a dollar. Exactly. Um, like, no, no, I'm just. Sorry. Mate, I um I on the weekend caught up with uh, my family, which was absolutely great. Um, time oh, yeah. got to caught up with. Uh, my young niece, who I've only met once, and um, it was a great time. Do they actually care about their nephews and nieces? When they're, when they're really young, I reckon they do. When they get to that shitty age of like seven, eight, it's like, yeah, piss off, you're a little bit annoying. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not saying about you know, my nieces and nephews, my kids, you know, <laughs> they're around that age, and I'm like, just just leave me alone for five right. minutes. But um, and until they get to that age where you can be that cool uncle and take them to the pub, um, at that's 14. hey, at 14, 14, 15, yeah. Um, which actually brings to our first discussion point. It was brought up when we we're uh, around the family um, table we were talking about um, first time getting into the pub, and I um, brought up my experience. I was 15, I went to um, my sister was having a party, I went there with my stepmom and um, just around having a few drinks. And then my stepmom said, Oh, I want to go home. And I'm like, Oh, do you mind if I just hang around with them, like chill? And she's like, Yeah, no worries. I said, when they want to go out and, and go party at the pub, I'll just I'll just stay here and watch a few movies. And that's what I was actually intending to do. And then she left. They said, oh, we're going to the pub. I said, oh, I'll just go watch a movie. And um, they said, no, 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 you come with us. I'm like, no, there's no way I'll get in. And they're like, no, no, you'll be right. And All right, so rock up. There's a guy in front of me, full beard. I'm clean shaven like a young boy. And um, he's full beard, gets asked for ID. And I'm like, there's no way I'm getting in. And they check his ID. Yeah, you're right. And then they look at me and go, yeah, you're right. And just walk straight in. And I was like, oh, sweet. And my sister's buying me drinks all night. I'm walking around the poker room with 20 cents going, can I play anything? I'm making a fool of myself. Um, and it was just, you know, just brought up like those good memories of, of getting into a pub at the first, you know, the first time. And I'm like, what, uh, how was your experience when you first got into a pub? How old were you? I couldn't remember the pub, but I remember my first nightclub when I was 16. Uh, and I just had a fake ID. Um, and it was the idea of a bloke that had finished in school two years before us that we all knew pretty well. And I swear three of us had used this idea at different stages and none of us looks like him. Um, in fact, one of my mates is Torres Strait, but like has the skin complexion that he's a little bit closer to, he's, he's a lot darker than me. Uh, and he got in with that ID one day is the story he tells. But um, you think you're on top of the world. I'm a 16 year old kid. I'm hanging out with grown ass adults here. 
And obviously the aim of the game is to try and find a woman that you're half interested in, even if she is um, maybe not as physically appealing as they would normally be when you chase after them. But it's like, this is a grown woman at a nightclub. I'm in my element. I remember um, my brother, he stole my my ID and used it to try and get into a pub. And um, he, he got in uh, through the bounce. He, I don't know how, because he, he doesn't look that much like me. Um, but he got in and I was in there at the time and um, I knew the bartender, the owner of the pub and we were having a chat and then he's gone to serve my brother down, down the thing. He's asked him for ID and he's pulled it out. He's dragged him outside, got him up against the wall with his throat. And he's like, where the fuck did you get this ID? Um, he's like, no, I found it. I found it. You stole this guy's wallet, didn't you? Give it to me, rah, rah. And I've had to come out and go, hold on, no, no, he took it off me. Um, I didn't give it to like I did, I did give it to him. <laughs> but I said, no, no, he took it off me. Just let him go. He's fine. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. He, he let him go. He was uh, banned for the next year to get into the pub, which was hilarious. But he still let me go, which was which was great. I have a, a life ban from the Townsley Casino. And, and I would like to be clear that I've never been a big party head or animal, anything like that. But we did get rinsed in Townsley when I think I was 19. And... Um, we went into the Townsville Casino and at one stage during the night, I was on the table and, and I think I'd lost, let's say, Blackjack. And I picked up a drink coaster and I just flicked it straight up in the air. It was one of those perfect movie moments in slow-mo where it's just gone down the biggest, uh, unfortunately, set of breasts in the casino and went straight down this woman's top. So I got dragged outside and then my mate decided to urinate on the front door, uh, which is an automatic sort of glass door from memory. Uh, and, and they they did the whole process of you'll never be allowed back in, blah, blah, blah. We tried again about three years later and, and they've got like the proper face ID. I couldn't get back in. So I'm assuming it would still be the same now. So, yeah. yeah that's funny talking about getting banned. Uh, the reason this sort of come up, we were going through um, Instagram and I came across this tweet and it was um, my best, my favorite ever story is from um, my dad who said, he got banned from this pub in 1974 and then went back there 30 years later and he walked in and someone turned around and said, piss off, Derek, you're banned. And I was like, and that's his favourite ever story. And I'm like, I don't care if it's not real. That is one of the you know all-time stories of like 30 years later walking into a bar that you're banned from and someone turning around going, fuck off, you're banned. So, we still know you. You're on the wall. The wall yeah. I had a lot of Christmas food um, over the weekend and I, I wanted to bring up... Um, if you could have, pick a Dally M of Christmas food, what would it be? I think with it is hard to go past a cold Christmas ham because it's the only time of the year that I would tap into a ham. So I had that at the top of the pops. Uh, a lot of people would have liked to seen probably potato salad feature in there that would not be in my top three. Uh, I think the cold chicken is a must on Christmas Day because you need the balance as well. Uh, and then I would have coming in probably third, but not far off is the prawns. Oh, nice. Yeah, prawns. Always good on Christmas Day. I, I um, My Dally M, I would go potato bake. The reason being is you can have it when, if you're having a cold um, cold meal, fits perfect yep. with cold meat. If you're having a hot meal, fits perfect with yep. that. You can have it days later, just like ham, um, bring it up. It's almost like it soaks in it and gets better. Um, so it's, it's a good after. team man. If if Potato Bake was a footballer, he would be Fogarty at the Raiders. Fits the scheme, works with anyone, just a, a good person to be in that position. Fogarty that is, is Potato Bake. That is a perfect um, analogy. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, my, my next best was just the variety on a nibble tray. If you don't have a good variety on a nibble tray, you you can you can make or break a fucking Christmas day actually. Prosciutto. Yep. Um, yep. We uh, went down to it was in Griffith and um, very large Italian community there. The cheeses, the pepperonis, yep. the salamis were absolutely phenomenal. So, do, do we know what gabagool is? Because that was in uh, the Sopranos a lot. And I'm still to learn what it actually is. It, it was uh, what was it? Um, uh, the Office. Michael Scott. He's like he walks in the um he's he thinks he's meeting an an Italian mobster and he's like oh the uh, the gabagool and she goes what uh, the gabagool. I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. So I don't even know if it's a real thing, but... Uh, and have a Google as we go. We will. Um, mate, um, some, a little bit of breaking news. Um, well, it's not breaking by us, but it's just, it's happened. Uh, Ray Stone is the Dolphins' next signing. He is signed... Parramatta. Yes, Parramatta yep. hooker, yeah. And uh, so now Para are without their number one and number two, essentially, um, hookers for 2023. They are in some dire straits. Yeah, I, I was reading Clint Gutherson, and he's right. He came out yesterday or the day before and said, well, the best teams have their best players gone after, and, and that's what's happened to us. But the fact they haven't been able to keep people is is not necessarily a, a lovely sign. Uh, I read they were going after that, uh, and I don't know if there's any truth, the Roosters hooker. Um, Sam Verrills. That's the one. Um, yeah. So I think Stone played a couple of games at hooker for Parron. Whilst he defended really well, his service um, was not probably up to scratch where it needed to be. By the way, Gabagool is American slang term for the luncheon meat, Capicola. Capicola? Cap- it's meat. There you go. It's meat. Um, I think I'm opening up this uh, this website. I think I'm in. I think oh, they fix this card. server, the card. So I'll try not to be too distracted. Mate, I saw um, Dale Finucane the other day, just real quickly. Um, yep. He... Spotted with a guitar, loves a guitar, um, yep. loves pulling out at uh, 1 a.m. at someone's house, just um, ripping into Wonderwall. Um, but do you know, like, remember uh, The Rock um, at WWE? He'd play those shows and he'd sing to the crowd. Do you reckon they should um, get Dale Finucane after every win um, out in the middle of uh, Shark Park playing Up Up Cronulla? Like an acoustic version of it. Yeah. A sing along. Imagine the imagine like the crowd singing along after a win to up up Cronulla, the acoustic. And and you gotta teach Snego Hines how to play too, because he's a beautiful man already. And if you put an instrument in his hands, he goes from a nine and a half out of ten to about a thirteen. What about like him just on the vocals at the front, just swinging that hair? Shirtless. Oh. The crowd would go wild. We're not um, very straight straight men, are we? You know, if you don't if you're not if you not willing to open up your um, mm-hmm. uh, your mind and appreciate all forms Beautiful of the human, yeah, yep. then something wrong. You don't have to. It's, you don't have to be sexually attractive, though. Um, but you I can just appreciate. Well, I'll leave that uh, through the keeper, mate. Um, you ever done anything to piss off your boss? Because uh, let's get on some footy chat. Brandon Smith is returning to Melbourne today, um, yep. and he's going okay. to face. Uh, Craig Bellamy. And I, all I can picture is, remember um, Shawn Michaels and Triple H um, facing off with the mask against Sergeant... Uh, was it Sergeant Slaughter? No, it wasn't. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter. Um, when he was like the commissioner of WWE. And they had the wipers on because um, he used to spit when he talked. And I'm like, it, that's what um, Brandon Smith needs today because he's just going to get an absolute 
uh, ripped into him by by Craig Bellamy today. Yeah, it's kind of like being in trouble with your father. I, I, I mean, I reckon if he's clever and if he's like me, a coward, he would have texted Bellamy a couple of times about, hey, mate, you know, really sorry this happened, blah, blah, looking forward to coming back or tried to call him on the phone either. I reckon if Bellamy's clever to put the fear of God in him, he would have replied to those texts with one word answers or just say, hey, we'll catch up when you get back to training or see you Monday, see you on the 7th or whatever it is. Holy shit, it's $2,000 for a card. Don't do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Oh, man. I wanted them so bad. $4,000 for a one of one. It's a gold card. It's the cheapest. Anyway, I thought I'd get one. Leave it there. Um, Yeah, look, he uh, apparently via the uh, Daily Telegraph had an interview with Craig Bellamy yesterday, and they said um, when he... He actually rocked up training yesterday for the standard COVID test and they passed each other and it was just, hello, hello, and that was it. So I don't know if that'll soften the blow at all, but, yeah, I agree with that text. That's a really good way to um, uh, deal with something, just, you know, throw a few texts out before... My brother, uh, and I can't compare my brother as a 13-year-old to to him as a professional footballer. (laughs) My brother at 13, my dad was away working in India and um, whilst that was happening, my brother threw a, a huge house party at my dad's apartment and whilst that happened, people had thrown up over beds, uh, had broken walls, had broken, I think, some chairs outside. The house is in shambles. Um, so my brother was at school when my dad flew back in. So my dad's jet lagged, already pissed off. He gets back to the apartment and there's a note from my brother that basically documents this is everything that's happened. Uh, I'm really sorry. Um, and then my brother during the day at school is texting dad, being like, did you get the note? <laughs> and I'm sitting there with Dad. I'm like, you got to make him sweat. And uh, he's just come one word answer. He's like, Did you get my note? I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, blah blah. blah. I won't have again. He just goes, Yep. Oh. <laughs> he sends a follow up at about one fifteen lunchtime. He's like, Like I know it was the wrong thing to do, and I learned from it. I won't do it again. I'm happy to be grounded. Blah blah. blah. And he just goes, Talk when you get home. Full stop. Like, can you imagine be cacking his dax all day? I don't know what would be worse. Like, if you text saying, Did you get my note? Not getting a reply back or just getting a one-word answer back? I don't know. I think that the one-word answer with the yep is pretty powerful. Like, I've got that yep from the missus a few times, and you're like, it's not worth going home. But then I've never had a a non-reply. Like, I've always had something before I've gone home, so I'm like, I don't know, just getting the silent treatment through through a text, through a mobile device would almost, could be worse, I think, but... But uh, staying on, on Melbourne, um, the media are again calling for their downfall. Um, they've done it year in, year out. You know, they'll lose a player like they've lost. Uh, they lost Cronk. They lost Slater. They lost Smith. They're going to drop out of the top four. Yet, last seven years, I think they've made the top four seven years straight. Last six, actually, they've made the top two. Um, That's crazy, isn't it? It is absolutely phenomenal how they, how they continue to do it. But yeah. um, they're, they're probably going through one of their toughest periods in the club's history like i know they had the salary cap scandal but um and that that affected them throughout the 2010 season which um despite playing for no points and getting the wooden spoon if you count in their wins are one win off the top four so goes to show this team absolutely like they almost like they thrive on adversity so for me i'm saying it's not a not a bold prediction in any way shape or form but if you want to lock 
in a in a betting sense. Um, they're paying a dollar eighty five to make the top four, and that is an absolute lock for next year because this team will come out. They will thrive on um, being the underdog in a way, being the the malign club of of twenty twenty two. So um, I'll be unloading the house on that. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the whole? You know, this is Melbourne's time. They're going to come down finally. I just don't see the argument because I know they lost a couple of players. So if we break that down, Finucane's maybe the biggest loss, uh, but they still got some, uh, obviously, a lot of handy members of that pack. Addo Carr, agree, sensational winger, game changer, what a weapon. Xavier Coates is going to be Addo Carr 2.0. That's what Melbourne does to a young, talented player. And Xavier Coates probably had more about him at Brisbane than Addo Carr had when he started at the Tigers. Yeah. So I'm not saying he's going to be better than him, but I think he's going to be as good. Uh, then you lose, I know you lose Nico Hines, but again, I mean, Pappy's back swinging it at number one. So Hines at best was going to play 14. Um, and, You've and almost got, got like Nick, um, Nick Meany coming into that 14 role, possibly, yeah, yeah. Like, and play that Nico Hines role. But maybe well, not yeah. so much in the halves at what he did, but, you know, if, if um, you know, almost you're talking about replacements, that he sort of does yeah. come in and, and do that role. I think the only thing that, that may lose a little bit of metal and is their pack uh, because I, I'm not an expert. I don't expect Nelson to play. I think he's gone. Yep. Uh, obviously, uh, they had an issue with, with another player that's that's going to be gone as well after Kam- an incident. Kamakamitha. That's the one, yep. He's gone. Uh, lost for Nukin. I believe there's another one. But the way Melbourne have done it, I, I can remember even 10 years ago, maybe more, they were picking up players like Brian Norrie, who, with respect to him at that stage, was an absolute no name. But but Bellamy just he knows. Was play, he was playing out at Wagga. Like, he yeah. was playing local footy out at Wagga. And he knows comes... how to get the absolute best out of people. And, and he will. It doesn't matter who's in that forward pack. They'll still find a way to dominate. Yeah. I just... The, the the way this team seems to, yep. you know, battle the, you know, do these battles and uh, is it Josh King from Newcastle? He's going and there. that's another one and he's one that that Bellamy will get the best out of him. He's a raw talent. He runs hard. He tackles well, and I'm sure I'll get the best out of him. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think it was Guru. He he came out and he said, um, "You watch Josh King make like New South Wales squad, you know, in, oh. in two years just from it's, going it's down what he there." Does. There was, I don't know if there's any truth to it. It would be the most Melbourne thing to do and, and, and almost get him. Apparently, the Tigers were thinking about a trade of sending Big Stefano permanently um, to Melbourne and getting Brandon Smith for one year, uh, which would have just been bedlam. <laughs> Tigers fans would have lost their minds in, in the worst possible way because um, Stefano on any other team but the Tigers would be one of the most relevant front rowers in the comp. Absolutely. <laughs> like that would, you'd be going, oh, my God, we've got Isaiah Papali, Apicarius out now. Oh shit! It was just like that would just implode. They've gone from a, such a high to yeah, right and down Brandon the Smith for a year is not going to win them a premiership. I mean, no. I think even I think it was Sheen's coming out the other day saying, "Hey, be patient. It's at least a three-year rebuild." Yeah, and, and you know, on that they are building. They are building nice. So, um, spoke with a couple of players, and they said, you know, they've just got to sort of believe in what they're trying to build there, and and yeah. they're giving Madge time, which is great. So, um, it'll be good you to see what. You hope so, but. I feel like we've had this same conversation about the Tigers every year for, for more than 10 years where, you know, they, oh, they pick up Moses Embi or, or whoever it is. Oh, things are going to turn around. Um, you're right. It's going to take them buying into one each other and, and building a, a winning culture because otherwise it's same old Tigers. True. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, you got a soft spot. you got a soft spot for the Tigers because your best mates are all now. 
You're texting Adam Dewey. You're having lunch with Jackson Hastings. You're friends with the Palm. You're cheering for England and the Ashes because you're friends with the Palm. Come oh, over. wow. That is, mate, that's just uncalled for. I don't know if I can take that. I feel like you are throwing your Dragons jerseys in the bin and you are now a West Tigers fan. But maybe they should, maybe the, two, the, two, the two merger clubs should merge and make a super merge mega again. club. Yeah. George Tigers. Yeah. If they merge, that would probably almost it undo the original merge and they become one super club, I think. Or bring in the North Sydney Bears with them so it could be the Northwest Dragons. <laughs> Just take over all of Sydney. Absolutely. Mate, Wayne Bennett, um, I, I listened to the Hello Sport podcast where they spoke with um, Christian Welsh and he was t- telling the story of Bennett behind the scenes and he said um, he dropped the ball and, and he'd never met Bennett before and He'd heard this voice come from the the background. If it was a cheese, a Welsh, if it was a cheeseburger, you would have called it your fat fuck. And um, it, it was quite interesting to hear how he was bantering with the players and and the way he's sort of behind the scenes. And I feel like uh, I, I would love to see a doco of Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins behind the scenes um, of this whole year. Um, a because he, he's such a unique character as well. Um, we don't get to see what he is behind the curtain. Um, we hear these stories and, and it makes us want to, you know, get behind there. Um, a building a club too is very, you know, w- when was the last time, like apart from the, the Titans um, recently, yep. before that, when, when have we really had it? And it's like, you know, we could potentially see this building of a, uh, you know, a club. How do we make an NRL team? And I think it would, it would um, blow the charts off if, if we had a doco there. Um, I remember they, they wanted to do a Queensland doco um, in the 2020 series, and he basically told them to fuck off. And um, New, South, uh, New South Wales did it and sort of look what happened, you know, they, whether they got distracted by that or not. But I just think a Wayne, not to necessarily a Wayne Bennett doco, a, a Dolphins doco of building that club, um, with Wayne Bennett as the central figure would yep. would um, resonate. What do you reckon? Well, they... Um... <clears throat> They do a show in the U.S. called Hard Knocks, which I'm sure you've seen, which is yep. uh, normally it's done with NFL teams in preseason, and it'll be seven or eight apps in the lead-up to a season. They're doing one for the first time ever this season during a season with Indianapolis. I've always wanted to see an NRL version of that, whether it even it's just the preseason. I know we had Tales of Tiger Town, which I really enjoyed, um, and absolutely that would pique interest. I doubt that you get it across the line, because you could sell it in Bennett to the best way possible and he'd still tell you to fuck off respectfully, but he'd, he'd say no. But honestly, I, like, can you imagine if KO or Foxtel, I know they're the same, got, got their, whole, their hands on that. I mean, that would be must-watch telly. Even the, the phone conversation with, with Ray Stone or the, the first catch-up with Felice Kafusi or whatever it might be. Imagine, yeah, that, imagine that conversation, they, they hang out the phone, yeah, we've got him. Like, and that's your first signing, you know. Yeah. That would, you know... Um, and Terry Reader, their boss, is a really well-spoken, interesting man as well, too. So it would be, and then you get a chance to follow the, um, you know, the Dolphins in the Q Cup too. And you look at people that are standing out there. You look at targets. Um, oh, it'd be a phenomenal watch. Absolutely, and yeah, I'm just thinking like the, this hype of um, docos and things from Tiger Town. We're yep. constantly talking about like. Would have been great to see that doco of um, the worst Origin team in history win that win the yeah. um, win the series. There's so many docos you could go back. I would have loved to see one of Newcastle back in '97 winning that first comp. Um, basically, you just want to see the players partying um, afterwards. But 
there's so many things that we go, oh, we should have done that, we should have done that, and this is one that you can go right now. You know, even though they've missed a couple, the first couple of signings, you can pick it up now. We've got 12 months for full signings before they start pre-season. Um, and, yeah, I think it would uh, knock the roof off. But um, So the barriers are, as a fan, that's what we love. We want as much behind-the-scenes access as we can possibly get. The barriers are, are old, grumpy journos, and it's not all of them, but old, grumpy journos that anytime we do get an insight or a look behind the scenes, oh, fuck, Kalen Pong has done a backflip off his house. He's a douchebag. Oh, Brandon Smith's gone on a podcast and been honest. He's a terrible person. And all of a sudden, just as some doors start to open for fans, they are slammed shut again. <laughs> Speaking about that, uh, the, the podcast of Brandon Smith, um, Isaac John spoke on there and he said, did you hear about um, how Corey got fined 50 grand? Um, what was it? I forget what it was for. He got fined 50 grand. The very next week, he won 50 grand on a pokey. And it was paid for his fine, right? He told that story on there. Two weeks later, Buzz Rothfield has in his shush column, um, which player um, got fined 50 grand but won it back on the pokies? Like the very next week, I'm like, you, you blast down these podcasts for being, you know, opening up the behind the scenes, yet you want to quote it for your newspaper. And it just shows like how old and, you know, if they don't get the scoop, it's it's not worthy. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to yeah, drag any names through the mud, but I, I, I do. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. You, you can't, yep. Maintain some relationships, but um, yeah, I just I just don't get it sometimes, mate. I really don't. Yep. Mate, moving on. I want to know what the fuck has happened to the nines. It was built up. Uh, we had the Auckland nines. It went off. We, we got through to um, pre-season nines, uh, world nines in the off-season. Um Oh no! What is what it was sort of building up to be a permanent fixture on our calendar, and it sort of just disappeared. Have the NRL sort of dropped the ball on this one? As a fan, I used to hate it because if I had any of my players that are in my top seventeen playing, I, I couldn't give a fuck if if Newcastle won or won no games in that. If any of my top seventeen are playing, I'm so scared they get injured. I remember a few years ago, Jared Mullen got injured playing in it, and I think he missed the start of the season. Um, and I know it's such a boring uh, way to look at it, but purely as a fan, if they're going to do it, I'd rather see it after the season. And, and that's not going to happen because players want to go on break and, and take leave like any normal person would. Um, so as much as it was fun for first try scorer bets and Kevin Naguama made me a very rich man one season, uh, I just, yeah, I, I don't particularly miss it. And to be honest, if you hadn't brought it up, I would have forgot it even existed. I would um, love to see it. There's a lot of um, New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, uh, Jersey flag players that missed a lot of football over the last couple of years. Um, and I would love to see it, even if it's just with them. Um, played over a couple of weekends just to give them either, you know, I know they're, they're doing um, pre-season and they're getting fit that way, but, you know, give them some match fitness, um, get, get them mixing around. That's going to be hot in, in February. And the NRLW does kick off a couple of weeks earlier than the NRL season this year. So we do get... I think trials then runs into NRLW, into the NRL. So we're not short of football, but I just, you know, I, I, I loved it. I loved it as a fan. I didn't really care too much if they didn't use the top 30 sort of players, like if they just used yeah. those, um, the, you know, the fringe players. I just love the concept of nines. And I think it, it could be, you know, the world nines, it could be something that would rival the world sevens in rugby if they, so if if you, they market it. What if you did it 
do 32 teams, do all the Queensland Cup and New South Wales Cup sides and do it as almost like a knockout round. Like you, you get drawn like you would in maybe a knockout round of a soccer competition or whatever it might be. Uh, maybe that piques some interest. Then you're not using necessarily those top flight players, but it's still a chance for, for players to get their brands and names out there. Oh, absolutely. I, I would I would watch it. I watch, fuck, I watched um, French Elite Reserve Grade on Monday morning with James Maloney. Maloney. Yeah. yeah. Like... You know, if you if you tell me where there's a rugby league match broadcast late at night on YouTube, I'll watch it. So, you know, if there's if there's stuff there that you could, you know, um, pique some interest, played in some uh, re- different areas, you even go remote, um, bring some footy around. If it's Queensland Cup, Illawarra Cutters versus uh, Mackay, what are you, Mackay yep. Cutters too? So, you know, um, have them. I, I would watch it. I just think they were sort of building it up to be a permanent fixture and, and they've sort of just forgotten about it and I think I would like to see it come back. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Mate, um, let's let's finish it up. Yep. We said we'd do a movie review of Top Gun. Uh, yes, of course. Did you do it? I watched the last five minutes so I know how it ends. <laughs> oh. One of them gets ejected from the plane and they die. Uh, the other one holds them up in the water. Obviously, oh. the surviving one is Maverick. Maverick, Tom Cruise, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Goose is dead. I loved how last week we said spoilers, but this is like a movie that's 30 years old. If you haven't watched it now, we're not, you know. And fuck you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was going to give you a few reasons to watch it, but. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. I've seen it fucking You're 10 times. Why am I a piece of shit? If I've seen you it 10 said, times, I could still give you a review. No, you said we both have to watch it over the weekend. I said, oh, look, I probably won't watch the highlights and you're up me. So, because you have never seen it. Well, There's no, a difference between Why ne- would I never watch having watched it and watched it 10 years. Oh, okay, yeah, they're best mates. Great. Well, I know old mate's going to die at the end, so why do I care about their friendship building up? <laughs> you like... Yeah, I know they play volleyball at some stage. And that's that's one of the reasons you should watch it is the volleyball scene. Die I'll Hard. Get... I never need to watch Die Hard because Snape gets thrown off the plaza and he <laughs> dies. Yeah. <laughs> a little fun fact about that. They um, When they release him... They were meant to count to three and then release him. They release him on two. And so his reaction to falling is real. Shit. Yeah. What else can we spoil? Breaking Bad, Walter White dies. <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones, the queen woman dies. She gets stabbed by Jon Snow. Um, did you just get the lights turned out where you are? Yeah, I did. I think because I was spoiling. <laughs> yeah. So we might just leave it there. Um, for anyone else listening, if you haven't seen uh, Top Gun, what are you doing with your life? But I'll give you a few reasons. Um Goose, Anthony Edwards, who plays Goose, uh, singing Great Balls of Fire, great scene. Tom Skerritt in that fabulous actor um, when he says to uh, Maverick, um, if no, when you get there, if no one will fly with you, give me a call. I'd love to fly he with died? you. He's a great scene. Viper? No, he doesn't. And Val, Val Kilmer as a very likable, uh, quote, bad guy. He's not technically a bad guy, but he's, I suppose, the antagonist of the, um, of the thing. Does he no, there's, I think there's one death, apart from all the other... Fuck, what a boring movie. Uh, apart from the other it. people in the in the planes, they die. Um, Are they at war? They could be. They're on the brink of war. So, so nothing like, happens. Yeah, they, they fight. Like they fight each other. They dogfight. It's about how they learn to become Top Gun pilots to fight, and then they, oh, shit, we've got to go fight in the war. So, But they don't even go to the war. The fighting is a preclude to the war. I suppose then next... How does old mate die then if they're not at war? They have engine failure. They get caught in a tailspin. They get engine failure. They go to oh. eject. They can't get out. His head, head hits it. 
breaks his oh. neck. I'm good. Like, they don't really sort of explain that's how technically he dies. Yeah. yeah, it's... That's a good ending. Yeah. That's not even the ending. That's the middle of the movie. He has to overcome that to get oh, back up and then go fight these... I thought it ended with them crying in the water. Well, I'll make crying because the other one's dead. I thought that was then fade to black. No. Meg, Meg Ryan comes in with a kid. And, um... She die. <laughs> you just want to see death, don't you? Like... At the end of the movie, John McClane from Die Hard comes in, shoots everyone up, and then says, you can go, motherfuckers. And... Avada, Kavada, <laughs> and dogs. Mate, what's, what's your plans for Christmas? Uh, not watch Die Hard. Um, <laughs> watch Rocky. Where, it's, watch Rocky. Rocky 4. Rocky 4 is a great Christmas movie. I like, go watch I like it. Creed. I like Creed, but the Rockies. Oh, hey, I've got an Oculus, right? Well, we can fight. I got we, one. Hey, I did Creed. I did I'll the demo. The I'll Mate, I did like get six rounds. That I ain't going to get the paid one because I did the first two. And I'm like, oh, I knocked him out. So then I recorded it. Like, I'm going to post this on fucking Facebook. Look real cool. And he beat the fuck out, and of, he beat the fuck out of me. And I'm like, oh, man. It's and also, but I, I was sweating it up. Great for fitness. I'm oh. telling you, hey, Pat McAfee, when he started doing the Oculus, I'll watch anything he does. When he started doing the Oculus, I was like, that looks fun. Got one. And it, by the way, if you want a Christmas present for your kids or for your partner or whoever, Oculus, I think on Amazon, maybe 400 bucks ish, don't quote me. Anyway, um, table tennis is unbelievably realistic. And I've just got this cricket game. It's called IB Cricket out of India. It is the best video game I've ever played in my life. Oh, I'm going to have to try it out. I am. Um, I got it. And it's actually, I've got to pack it back up at Christmas so the kids can give it to me. <laughs> but I was like, there's no fucking way I'm sitting here for another month waiting nah, to use this I can't thing. Wait. Um, I'll tell They're you what, one of unbelievable. How, how long did it take you before you started researching what? VR porn? I research regularly. <laughs> and it like, has dented my relationship because I'm, I'm get struggling to work out what is real and what's not. <laughs> like, for me, I've never had three women want me in a jacuzzi before, but that's changed. So it is quite, uh, I don't know what it's like. I've never researched it. But um, if you do have an Oculus, go and have a look and let us know what you think. Um, mate, have a great Christmas. Let's talk back in January. Let's yep. bring back this chat all right, and um, all the best. Thank you very Appreciate much. You. See you, brother. See you, man.